Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome into the DNVR Fantasy Podcast. This bonus Thursday episode coming to you from now until the end of time every Thursday because we really didn't have enough room, guys. And presented by DraftKings, the number one sports betting app in the world. Nothing better. Hopefully, this is fantasy related. As you guys heard the big DJ Chark injury news for tonight's Thursday night game, you were able to jump on that DraftKings app and get those LaVisca Chenault props because <laughs> you got mad value right there. I expect Visca to be heavily featured. Isn't that a great segue to, to start the show, guys? Huh? Can I get some yeah. pats on my back, please? It is, yeah. And when you say uh, from now until the end of time, you mean that literally because there is so much to go over. I don't know how long this podcast is going to go, but it could literally go until the end of time. <laughs> But yeah. I, I, do, I do need to thank you, Dre, for texting me about the DJ Shark thing. Because, like, I saw the DJ Shark news, but then you said that you're betting on this guy. I was like, oh, of course, you have to. Or maybe I was okay. I can't remember now. But I hammered all his props before the lines came down, and I just got free money. And I'm really excited about it. This guy's name dropping over here. Oh, maybe it was okay that was texting me personally. Maybe, maybe it was Dre. Yeah. I mean, I got so many important people that text me on the back, you know? God never texts me. Here's what happened. <laughs> I get all so. these Twitter notifications about this kind of stuff, but the person who reported the shark injury, Andrew Siciliano of of red zone fame there's a name drop for you he reported the dj chark news i saw it four minutes late quote tweeted it with visca stock up i think the same thing happened to rk he didn't see it till i quote tweeted it he texted us and we all placed wagers what a great time to be alive uh in general i think we're all on the jaguars we're all on Minshew this week DJ Chark out. I don't think we even care. We're in on Visca. James Robinson was like my top running back waiver wire claim coming out of week two. I think that's even more true now. So, yeah, I think we're feeling good about the Jags offense. Even your guy Chris Thompson might have a good Thursday night. Guy, what do you think? God only knows. But I do think <laughs> it was pretty callous of you to say that we don't care about DJ Chark being out. I mean, I'm hurt. He was my guy, man. I'm hoping he comes back better than ever. I think Gardner Minshew, the stash versus the beard. I'm excited for this Thursday night matchup personally. These are my favorite games because, like, there's no one you can hate here. Like, it's two good guys going against each other. And, like, it's not like a Tom Brady versus, like, I don't know, Patrick Mahomes. And you're like, man, I hope a – I don't know. I hope they both lose, which isn't mathematically possible. But, Mm -hmm. you know. 
these so like cool. weird Thursday night matchups, man. I love watching these because like it's it's like you know Pac-12 after dark status where anything can happen and wow. it's nothing but entertainment, man. And they're typically wow, wow, bad wow. teams, but bad teams have gotten so much more fun in the last couple of years because there's so many good young quarterbacks. You know, all of these teams that are at the bottom of the league, like you can at least say like, oh, I'd like to see them. Like, you know, now, I don't know, you brought Gardner Minshew and Kyler Murray obviously is doing everything that everybody had hoped. It's just such a fun time to be a football fan. What a miracle that three nuts and football addicts like ourselves would be put all together. As guys talking about how he likes Thursday, Thursday night football because the matchups are terrible and he compared it to Pac-12 after dark. It was just like, geez, like <laughs> that only Henry and I can truly understand the gospel you are speaking right now. That Bengals-Browns game last week was lit, man. And it those are like amazing. two of the worst teams in the NFL. It's so no, much fun to watch Burrow, that, man. And as, versus Baker Mayfield. How do you not want to see that? It's That's true. As a draft guy, I love it. Um, I don't I understand like the good those teams are the don't. boring ones, man. Like the Pats are exactly. like the Rockets where it's like, I don't want to watch James Harden draw fouls for three hours on end, like I get that that's winning basketball, but it's not entertaining. All right. So I'm back sure to football. We talked up, I just talked up all the Jags weapons and you guys basically agreed with me because we're having a bit of a bro fest right now. What about well, the dolphins? Cause Devonte Parker, Preston Williams have underwhelmed. We're trying to figure out this backfield. I wouldn't. And Fitzpatrick has been far from Fitz magic. He's been more Fitz tragic. I would not recommend starting any of these Thursday night guys on the Miami side. Go, oh, there you go. Mike Kosicki is the guy you better put in the starting lineup tonight because it's going to be high scoring. The Jaguars have proven that much. So someone's got to get the points, and I'll be interested to watch this backfield a little closer. This is say. probably the Gaskin yeah. kind of has some sneaky appeal here, but I do need yep. to see a little bit more from his game. And in particular, I think I need to see some more from that offensive line. And if they're able to give him enough time and room and space to work. Um, but on Thursday night, man, uh, when you have these short weeks where they don't have a lot of time to prepare for opposing defenses, opposing offenses, etc., you tend to see higher scoring games. Um, and they, come in on shorter rest um so yeah i think that you know if you're in a deeper league like 14 16 teams and you're a little desperate miles gaskin he's got some appeal man um and you, oh. you mentioned Devonte parker earlier i think you know i wouldn't say i'm overwhelmed or underwhelmed i think i'm just regularly whelmed at this point um <laughs> i was actually i was pretty nervous as someone who has him in two different leagues i was pretty nervous about how he was going to be dealing with his injury and how Fitzmagic was going to be looking and everything else. He actually did decently last week, and I like that he still had involvement, and they weren't really, like, shying away from him necessarily. Um, so I'm going to be keeping a close eye on him, but I do think that, you know, I wouldn't call him, you know, wide receiver two necessarily, but high-end wide receiver three, which for a guy who's been battling an injury is kind of fine at this point. And then if you can prove that he can work through that and that his injury isn't hampering him, he moves up into that wide receiver two talk. Yeah, you know, um, wow. Uh, the uh, the weird thing about this game is that both these teams, like, it's not like they're great football teams. And when you throw in the randomness of Thursday night football, the short rest like you're talking about, 
I, I would guess that that means it's going to be a high-scoring game, but you really just don't know what you're going to get. Like, I really like what I've seen out of the Jaguars, but don't forget that just two weeks ago, they were supposed to be the number one overall pick. Uh, to, to go on with that Devontae Parker conversation, you know, C.J. Henderson has played really well. You know, I didn't love the pick. I thought he was overdrafted, but that's a matchup. Yeah. I, I want to see. I, I want to see. Yeah, I um, I, I would stay away from everyone but Kasiki. I would say if you're, you know, in a rough spot at running back and for some small miracle, Gaskin is still available in your league, now is probably the absolute last chance you have to guarantee yourself um, basically a starting running back. So I, I think you got to pounce now. Though I'm with Guy, I'm still on in wait and see mode as far as starting him in a, in a flex spot or what have you, obviously. But as far as waiver claims, I think that's kind of key right now. All right, let's move on from Thursday night. I think we mostly covered tonight's game. I want to get into some buy sells that we kind of held off on going in on in uh, the Tuesday pod where we recapped all the games and answered your questions live and what have you. So first one, and I know this is going to be a, it's going to be a fun one is buy or sell Dalvin cook salvaging his season this week with all the injuries, with the fact that it's a matchup against the Colts, uh, you know, a lot of people have Dalvin Cook ranked as a top three running back going into the season. While I think we're more on the, you know, uh, you might want to try to sell him if you can because that Vikings offense has looked that bad. So buy or sell, Dalvin Cook turns it all around this week. Uh, I would say to frame this properly, we were down on Dalvin Cook, but for reasons that do not include how his current season has gone. I don't think we expected the Vikings to be this bad of a team. We expected injury issues and contract issues to be hampering him, but he just doesn't appear to have enough space to work and he doesn't have the same explosiveness. And for me, that is more concerning than anything else. Um, and I need to see more from this offense before I can put my faith back into him. So Unfortunately, I'm selling this week, and the Vikings, to me, right now, look like a dumpster fire. They're at least bottom 10, bordering on bottom five in this league right now, um, and I, don't, I, I just don't have any faith in that offense right now, to be honest with you. Kirk Cousins, the $30 million man, uh, I believe he's on the last year of his guaranteed contract, so this is kind of a huge deal. Um, so, yeah, that's a long way to say yes, sell. I'm selling as well. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious what he's going to look like this week against the Titans. I think that there's a good chance that that's one of those, like, low-scoring games where it's kind of ugly and both teams are running the ball. And those sorts of games, I do wonder if Dalvin Cook can make a couple of big plays. I just can't – I just can't bet on him until I actually see it, especially with just how bad this Vikings team has looked. Yeah, they don't have an O-line. They uh, aren't using him in the passing game. They're kind of depleted at wide receiver and tight end without Stefan Diggs. So they're not really forcing defenses to, to stretch out. They can just, you know, have guys hovering around the line of scrimmage without having any concerns. And that has really hurt uh, Dalvin Cook, who I think isn't necessarily benefiting from Gary Kubiak as the 
full-time play caller. I don't know that he's being involved in the passing game as much as a guy with his set of skills should. So I think we're all in agreement there, though you guys sold me a bit more. Uh, The other thing, as you and I have mentioned in private, Guy, not an easy proposition either. I mean, if you're stuck with Dalvin Cook, you're really – this is a huge week. This is a make-or-break kind of week for your season because this – top 10 pick you made on this running back is again about to prove absolutely disastrous or be somewhat salvaged i mean you we could still he could still have the down season we see him having have a good week this week and kind of salvage things to where you could flip him or what have you so this is just a big moment for you as a dalvin cook owner period i was gonna say i think that's the biggest thing for me is i'm just if i'm an owner which i'm not uh, this is one of those guys where I'm just hoping he has a good day so that it raises his trade value so that I can get off of this train as soon right. as possible because totally. you don't want to be selling him for what he's producing at right now because you're not going to get fair trade value. But if he has a decent week this week, you could at least get something for him, and I would just be looking to move on as soon as possible. So, Yeah, absolutely. Um Next one, I guess we semi-touched on this but didn't get into in full in Tuesday's episode, and I smell a bet coming on here, is Jonathan Taylor a top five running back from here on out? Who says no? I mean, he's not a top five <laughs> running back today. Yeah. All right, I'm taking, I'm taking yes on this easy, dude. Top five I running back. So. Are we going PPR standard or half I'll, point? I'll let you pick the format. <laughs> I like half point. I think half point fair. I'm truly kind of shook right now. I think Kamara, Zeke, Henry, Eckler, Aaron Jones, Jones. Josh Jacobs, your boy Kenyon Drake, and Miles Sanders. That's eight should firmly be ahead. Miles and Sanders, I would, really? I, I would, would not take... say Miles Sanders, and I would not say <laughs> – Austin Eckler to your what? dismay. Yeah, I would also say dismay. Clyde Edwards Hilaire and the okay. one where we would really like have a gunfight out in the streets if this was 200 years ago is I would take him ahead of reason. Nick Chubb, I think. I, I think would, I would take would Nick take Chubb ahead. ahead of Jonathan Taylor. Oh it's God, a, it's a split. Though. It's a like razor blade thin decision, but I think in the end I'd side with Chubb. Dre, as your father, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Right? <laughs> I'm just saying. So I say he's closer to like 12th than 5th. I want to have an add-on bet to this. So we're going to say <laughs> we're going top five on this, and I'll take Jonathan Taylor top five. Standard my add-on, Yes, my add-on bet okay. is that Kareem Hunt finishes with more points than Nick Chubb. Wow. Let's do it. Yes. Yes. Let's do it. Let's go, man. Okay. My faith in Nick Chubb has never been lower. We needed some good bets for this week. Or my faith in Kareem Hunt has never been higher. (laughs) I'll jump in here too because, you know, I I really like what Jonathan Taylor is doing. It's looking like he's on his way to becoming a bell cow back. He was on the field for 67% of the snaps last week. But – He's just in that tier of guys who I just feel like, you know, there's probably two guys in front of him and there's 10 guys, eight guys, something like that right there with him. And the odds of him actually finishing top five, eh, a little worse than 50-50 in my book. 
and I would side on outside the top five. Okay, excellent. I'll put Henry down for a no. And then, and so we're saying Jonathan Taylor, that's in a standard format, yeah? I would say half point PPR. I think it's just half the... Half point, I love it. I love it. Because you, most people play in either standard or regular PPR, but this is like the, you know, it's the blend of two worlds. And then the most fair. same with Chubb Hunt. Sure. Okay. I measure everything by half point PPR so that it's most applicable to anything. It's the middle ground. So I, it's just, me. I think that's the enlightened fantasy players way in 2020 is to do what you're doing guy. I'm with you. Um, Henry, do you want in on that wager? Uh, wow. If you know of any enlightened I'll fantasy say, players, let out. me know. I'll stay out of that one. <laughs> You'll stay out. Wow. <laughs> I never known oh, Hank Chisholm scared. to shy away from a bet. Scared of Kareem Hunt. Something wow. That I'm actually like working on. It's like you don't need action on everything. You know, you, right. you only need action when you're confident. Just because they say plus 150 to score the first basket, like you don't I have just, to take it even though it's good value. I'm just going to take this as a dub because Henry's unwillingness to choose a side means that there's actually <laughs> merit to my claim. Yes, yes. He basically just bowed down to you. This was a very bad move from our young Hank. Um, also, I just wrote it down as um, Kareem Hunt, more fantasy points than Nick Chubb. I have the format in there. I said, guy, yes. Rest of the world, no. It's guy against the world <laughs> on this okay, one. That works. And uh, that's the name of my autobiography. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a guy against the rest of the world is what it should. There you go. A um, guy by any other name. All right. I I, I kind of spoiled this one already, so we might as well get into it. Nick Chubb as a running back one, let's say in a twelve-team league. So is he at least good enough to be RB twelve still? Even I'm on the fence because basically it's a toss-up between him or JT to be a top 12 guy. Henry, enlighten us on Nick Chubb, who you were not willing to get in on a bet with, who's coming off a 100-plus yard rushing game and Mm -hmm. two touchdowns on Thursday night. But what did Kareem Hunt do? (laughs) I know Kareem Hunt had like 12 (laughs) touches and still had like a gajillion touchdowns and was really efficient. So, you know, it's, it's just so hard to bet on every, anything that's going on with the Browns, because sure, we could talk about like, who is the better running back? But on top of that, Mm. what does the Browns management want? Like what is happening on the field with like Baker Mayfield? Like there are so many weird things with the Browns and that's half the reason that I kind of just don't even want to touch it. Like that's just a team where I'm not willing to put my reputation on the line with anything. Maybe they're great. Maybe they suck, but I, I just don't know for top 12. Again, everybody's getting hurt. And so I think that if he stays healthy, I would say that he's top 12. Do I expect him to be one of like the, 60% 60% of the healthy running backs or the 40% of the unhealthy. Like I, it's just such a tough, tough call with anything, especially with these guys. I love I that. Thinking. None of us are questioning like Kenyon Drake as a top 12 running back, but Nick <laughs> Chubb who just came off an insane game. We're all like, oh, I don't really know. So you really expect me of all people to I question know. any Cardinals player is, I will such, say, though, such in terms of Nick Chubb, uh, that Washington uh, front seven 
uh, I know we've all like it's easy to take a dump on Washington. No, that front seven's pretty nasty, man. Yeah, Chase yeah, Young yeah. is. Uh, I'm scared of that man. And uh, mm. I mean, I don't know. Like, I I'm gonna stick with my Kareem Hunt hype for whole season sort of thing. Uh, this week looks a little sketchy, man. And I think this is also the sort of game where the Browns will play down to the level of their opponent and really just not perform the way that they should against a team that most teams should be beating. Whereas Washington keeps surprising people and how close they're playing people, even against the Cardinals, who I obviously am very high on that game was never really out of hand for them. Um, So they've been playing up to the level of their opponents and a lot of opponents have been playing down to their level. So and that's, that's I think the we problem underestimated that team. With Chubb, it's not so much Hunt. It's not so much like his talent level or anything else. It's that you can't trust the Browns. You can't trust their offense. And you never know when they're going to be like, oh, down by 10 points against the team you didn't expect. And now they just can't feed the ball to Chubb anymore. And he's like barely going to see any snaps in the second half because they just need to play catch up and they can't commit to running between the tackles. I was looking at Washington as as that team that I would be, you know, focusing on streaming against all season. And the way you phrase that, can't trust them. I thought I could trust them to be bad, and now I can't. So, like, Mm -hmm. I'm a little concerned when I see you guys going against Washington now. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that my Arizona Cardinals have gotten that game out of the way and can move on. Um, But that, when I see that on the schedule now, a little concerning. Okay, final buy or sell. Calvin Ridley as the number one wide receiver in Atlanta. Now, caveat right now, uh, Shefty just put out a tweet about how um, uh, Julio Jones did not practice again today. Hamstring, similar to Michael Thomas, not practicing again today. And, I mean, we've talked so much about the running back um, injuries, which without a doubt – but these wide receiver injuries have been no joke either. Um, and a guy like Calvin Ridley, almost definitely a top five wide receiver at this point, and maybe even a top three wide receiver because he's starting to prove to be more consistent than guys like Tyreek Hill or what have you. Um, so Calvin Ridley, are we? is this just the way it's going to go the rest of the year? I, I'll buy Calvin Ridley playing like this the rest of the year. I don't necessarily buy him as the Falcons' number one receiver. You know, even though he is putting up these crazy stats and Julio's kind of been a ghost, it's Julio Jones. Like, and I am not ready to write him off based on two games. Like, I, I still do think that Julio is going to lead this team in most of the important receiving stats. And it, it, there could be a world in which – it's because Calvin Ridley is drawing so much attention from defenses that all of a sudden Julio is going up against number two corners for the first time in his career. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it shakes out. But I just think there are a lot of different paths toward Julio being the number one guy. But that's not to write off Calvin Ridley at all. I, I think that all of a sudden you look at Julio and Calvin Ridley and say, like, is that a better duo than Mike Evans and Chris Godwin? I'd say yes. I would say yes as well. And, I mean, I was waiting for one of you guys to buy this so that I could just put the kibosh on it. But, uh, thankfully. I mean, I'm definitely buying it. Calvin Ridley will be 
wide receiver one or not, he will be the more relevant fantasy wide wise wide receiver from week one to week seventeen. Like he'll have Henry more put fantasy. It perfectly. Points. Not to, you know, overshadow what Calvin Ridley has done, but it's Julio F and Jones, man. Like Julio Jones, and I will go on record, and I think I already have gone on record as having said, he's one of the three best wide receivers in the league, and I think he's been voted by his peers as the best wide receiver in the league. So in order for Calvin Ridley to be the wide receiver one on that team, he would have to be better than that. Uh, That's kind of ludicrous to me. And I think, I mean, it's two weeks, man. Like Calvin Ridley, what he's doing is great, but – been two weeks i don't know if we can go so far as to just you know shuck julio jones to the wayside here just because Kyle ridley's had a, a nice short i think we're getting course. lost a little too much in the verbiage of wide receiver one um you know they're they're they could be even co-ones but i think fantasy wise the more oh. relevant fan i mean the number one fantasy wide receiver in Atlanta from now until the rest of the year, I think is going to end mean, up being Ridley. We'll see, but I'd, I, I would buy like literally, he's healthy. Would, I'm just going to say that I would buy almost anything on this Falcons offense right now. Cause Russell Gage has been looking really good. Hayden Hurst just had himself a game. I think that again, this is a team I talked about this on Tuesday, but this is a team with an abysmal defense, a propensity to blow leads. So they're never out of it there's always going to be opportunity for fantasy points in that offense. And Matt Ryan knows how to huck the ball. So I want any piece of this offense that I can get. So uh, I'm not fully buying it yet, um, but I do see where you're going with it. And I think that we should still credit Russell Gage and Hayden Hurst as valuable pieces of that offense as well. Todd Gurley's the one who's been fine, but not great. I guess it doesn't right. help that they're the passing games. offense. I should specify. Yeah, uh, do you want to make that a bet then? Calvin Ridley outproduces, outscores Julio Jones in fantasy. I'm going to start of that only because of injury concerns, and they're so unpredictable, and we're already seeing it. So I'm going to stay out of it. I'll take it. I'll take Julio. Thank you, Hank. Yeah, one of us had to. I wanted to. Yeah, but I. Yeah, not enough fortitude for me. Honestly, my, my feeling is it's just so similar to the feeling I had before the season about the Patriots, where it's like I, I can't tell you why the Patriots are going to be good other than that Bill Belichick will never have a bad team. And I'm not sure what the Patriots are going to look like, but it's going to work out. And I could have my guesses and all that. It, it's similar with Julio. Where but it's like statistical does, production I still think Julio's at fantasy levels – for a 31-year-old should be should matter. It's different from the Patriots finding other ways to win games, you know. I get yeah. the analogy, but I'm saying that's where we're I, – I think that's where there's a split here. But I think the numbers will come. I still yeah, think the I numbers mean, will definitely sure, come. Sure, the numbers will come, definitely. I, I just but, think but honestly, we'll be able to stay consistent enough to help. The reason I think it is so close to 50-50 is just that uh, Ridley already has the advantage. Like he's starting with the points he already has. Yeah, exactly. With that leg up, and that's yeah, that's, that's what point. makes it tough. But I still do think Julio's gonna make some plays. You know, the, the, I guess the the reputation of not scoring any touchdowns, which I mean, it's not even a reputation; it's just what happens. He does not score enough touchdowns, considering how good he is at playing receiver. That scares me a little bit too. But I still think that that it's going to be just fine for Julio, and I think he's going to wind up in front. 
I'm just super nervous about basically all of my fantasy players holding them close after just the absolute Armageddon of injuries mm-hmm. that rolled through the league last week. And if someone currently is battling something, I have a very hard time betting on them. So, yeah. Fair enough. I just want to remind you again, a shout out to our presenting sponsor, the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app. You get on that now and use promo code DMVR when you sign up. You can get all sorts of can't miss offers, all sorts of great deals um, that they have. You know, the the best thing is when you when you sign up, you can get any team during week three of the NFL season. You can bet one dollar on them and you can win a hundred if they win. That's one dollar to win a hundred dollars when you use promo code DMVR during sign up. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I think fair to say we're all on the Jags tonight, which you can get at decent value. Um, all right, let's get into some SART sits for... Uh, for week three guys that we are all in on and uh, some guys that were a bit more of a buyer beware here. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. I, now that we've played two games, we're getting to the point where I think you start leaning more on what we've seen so far through the first two weeks and less on what we expected to see this season. You know, whether it's based on whether you like the, the lineups that, you, that the teams had, whether it's because of the stats they had last season. Like, I think we're starting to get to the point, now that you've had two opponents to balance some things out, um, and you're starting to see a couple of teams really be dominant against the run. Uh, the Steelers, obviously, uh, you're seeing against the Broncos. They're going up against the Texans and David Johnson. I'm staying away from David Johnson this week uh, for that reason. I don't think that's a super hot take. Um, you know, Seattle is right up there for a couple different reasons. You know, they've played some high-scoring games. Playing Zeke, that's not enough to scare me away. Um, but then the other defense that is right up there is the Bills in terms of rushing yards allowed. And with them – going up. up against uh la yeah who have the bills played so far i'd like you to tell me well who the bills played? have been jets, jets a good run defense yep. for that's several true. years but though, not hold just on this the year. jets and the dolphins man those are two of the worst teams in the league and especially in rushing attacks that's fair that's fair but when they're going up against the rams and a backfield where you already have the question marks about who is going yeah. to be the guy that's enough for me to say I'm staying away from the Rams as well. Yeah. I'm really concerned about cam Akers, to be honest. I think we already touched on this, but if, if he's had all these opportunities and has been unable to produce or, and to really like solidify himself and take advantage of that role, a la Jonathan Taylor, I'm concerned about how the coaching staff, like what they've seen at practices and everything and how they view him as a role in this offense. So I'm with you there, but I do think uh, 
I think we need a larger sample size for the Bills defense before I crown okay. them one of the best. Run we do 2019 where they were a top 10 yeah. run defense. That is true. You know, going back to Cam Akers though, just because I think that this is one of the more interesting players, at least in my mind, it's a guy I've spent a lot of time thinking about, but not only does he not have the numbers, he also doesn't pass the eye test. Like you watch him play and you're like, this guy just isn't ready for whatever reason. They have a couple of running backs who commit to where they're going and run hard. And he almost just looks scared of contact and scared of just pounding headfirst in the pile, which, you know, you can't blame him. That's a terrifying thing to do when you haven't played NFL football before, but it does scare me. And if I have Cam Akers, I would try to move him if anybody is interested, which I would kind of be surprised if they are. Wow. Uh, coming in hot from Hank here with uh, all I'm the out. sits at running back. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, yeah, I guess staying on the on the bills, while I do think that um, I do think you have to start Tyler Higby with how hot he's been, you probably would start Jared Goff just with mm-hmm. how things have played out. Um, I think Cooper Cup's been fantasy viable enough, especially with the fact that they use him out of the slot. Um, Robert Woods, though, against Tredavious White in that matchup against the Bills does scare me. I Now, with injuries, this becomes harder and harder. But with some viable alternatives, I would sit Robert Woods this week. Oh, I'm going to disagree with that one, man. That's my boy Bobby Trees. <laughs> I, he's going to outscore Cooper Cup at the very least. I think he'll, he's the wide receiver one on this team. I get that he's going up against Tredavious White, but – I think he's special, man. And I think that, like I said before on Tuesday, his production isn't centered around, you know, getting touchdowns and, you know, all these other things. Like, he's just consistent. Like, he catches a lot of balls and he finds ways to get extra yards. And I trust that for fantasy production. I think that's more reliable than your Deshaun Jackson and Tyreek Hill types. We shall see. I, Should we make that a bet? I'll I, take Cooper say, Cup over something. Woods in this one mm-hmm. because uh, – And I'll take Woods, baby. All right. I've He's never been wrong about down. one of my starts before, so <laughs> I'm supremely confident in this one. It's true. No one ever is on this show. <laughs> All right. Guy, what you got this week? Who are you looking at? Um, oof. I, I, I like um, – this shootout that's about to happen on Monday night between the Ravens and the uh, Kansas City Chiefs um, that has the second highest point total um, of the week after Lions cards. Um, And I like uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire to bounce back and uh, do some special things. I know that this isn't the most bold of uh, starts, but I think that people, you know, he had his name up in big bright lights on week one. And then week two, um, hmm. if you watch the game, they looked like a hot mess. Yep. I'm glad Edwards Hilaire was largely invisible in that game. And I think that brought some concern to people, especially because he's a rookie. But I think that needs to be expected with rookies. But this team, um, like we talked about on Tuesday, um, going up against a divisional foe, those are always some dicey games. And the Chargers defense is built really to contend with that Kansas City Chiefs offense. However, the Ravens and the Chiefs, sparks always fly when these two 
uh, play each other, and it's a primetime game on Monday night, and that's what these two teams were built for. And I see a lot of points being scored. Um, so I have Clyde over to Lair bouncing back in that one in a very big way. It's gutsy. Um, now, if you have, if you have Edwards Hilaire on your team, you probably have You're not, to. not starting him. Yeah. Yes, I understand. Just because but of I the think injuries. But, yeah. man, that Ravens run defense scares me. That's my and, thing, though, is I think that, you know, with the Ravens run defense, there is – you know, there is some concern there, but that's why I put him on this list is because I'm I'm confident. Yeah, I'm I've been torn in this game. I almost wonder if Chiefs Ravens, as insane as it sounds, might be a little underwhelming for fantasy owners and be a little on the low scoring side. Um those two teams are really well coached on defense. Um and I don't know, have made some real strides on that side of the ball. So, so I think that's interesting. I'm going to stick with AFC West backs. I really like Josh Kelly coming into this week. And then we should talk about a trade offer you got, guy, that we were chatting about off air oh, yeah. with Josh Kelly. Um, but the, you know, the Chargers' second running back and my endorsement of Josh Kelly isn't so much um, Josh Kelly start in favor of you know like trying to sell Austin Eckler I think those guys can work very much with each other the way that Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler did but he's getting the touches and I really like this matchup for the Chargers this week um, playing the Carolina Panthers if I'm not mistaken better get that page open back up um, yeah Chargers against Panthers Josh Kelly, they're going to feed him. I think he's going to get a touchdown. He's even getting some touches in the running game. I mean, he's an L.A. kid who stayed at home. He was a stud in college in stretches when he could stay healthy. And while he's healthy with all the injuries, he's a nice uh, start in your flex position or maybe as your RB2 even. So, yeah, Josh Kelly for me is a, a guy I'm definitely keyed in on this week. And you got on – you own him in one league guy and you were offered a trade for him correct yes uh straight up mark ingram for josh kelly and um i think i'm going to decline that because uh you know like you said i'm i'm intrigued by what josh kelly can do and i think the ceiling for him is higher than mark ingram and for the price that i got him at i think that i would much rather hold and use that investment to see where that ceiling goes rather than, you know, uh, cash in my bet here, take the buy out, so to speak, and jump off the train before I really see, you know, what the potential is. And I yeah. think that part of the equation should be which one of these guys late in the year do you think is going to be more valuable? You know, assuming things are going well in your league, you aren't in a fight to make the playoffs. Like, you feel pretty comfortable with what you have around whichever one of these guys you have and to me I really think that Joshua Kelly by the end of the season when we get to the fantasy playoffs is just going to have a larger role while Mark Ingram's is probably shrinking with J.K. Dobbins taking more and and again my theory is always that the touches are more spread out for running backs early in the season than they are late in the season it's just slowly and slowly builds toward the number one guy just getting more and more and it's not that I think Joshua Kelly is going to be the number one guy as much as I think that his style of play really fits the type of football a lot of teams 
especially the Chargers, if they're in the playoff race, are going to want to be playing once you get into November and December. Yeah, I mean, just in general, he's getting a larger share of touches in that backfield versus what Mark Ingram is getting. And also just going into this week, this is an easy matchup for Ingram and the Ravens offense um, against a, a fairly stout Chiefs front. And while this is a very favorable matchup for Josh Kelly, um, Austin Eckler, and the rest of the Chargers against the Carolina Panthers. So just looking ahead a week, I think you might really regret uh, three days from now taking that trade if things go as we're predicting. Um, another kind of waiver wire type pickup that I would start directly this week for me is Jarek McKinnon. The Niners, uh, one healthy back. Um, Jamichael Hasty, their undrafted um, free agent running back out of Baylor, is like a guy to roster in super deep leagues or dynasties probably. But McKinnon's a guy who, again, as your flexor RB2 against the Jets, um, I would look at because I think – that's one of those games where even if the Niners are basically injured across the board, they should still be able to scheme out a win. And if they do so, they'll be counting on McKinnon to be doing some things. I like it. Um, I'm curious what you guys think of Miles Sanders this week, because that's one of the guys that I've spent a lot of time trying to decide because, you know, the, the Eagles are at home playing the, the Bengals. The Bengals, not a good football team. They look better than expected, and their defensive front is actually playing really well. The Eagles' offense, on the other hand, hasn't been able to do much, but a lot of the reason for that is that Carson Wentz has been really, really bad. You know, it makes me think they're going to lean on the running game. I think that he is one of the few running backs in the league who I think are, like, just kind of – I don't know if I could use the word bell cow just because there are a couple other guys, but so close to being a bell cow – Going up against the Bengals' defense, I'm leaning toward making him one of my starts still, but I just haven't been able to commit to it. I'm with you on that. I think that um, if, you know, if I'm Doug Peterson over here, um, taking the ball out of Wentz's hands, especially early in the game, um, and, like, letting that offense get into a better rhythm uh, makes a lot more sense, especially against a team that you – might not necessarily need to like force the issue with early on. You don't need to try to really get out ahead of them. Um, I think you play a little bit safer and I think you also want to, you know, like I said, build that rhythm and get Miles Sanders more involved in that game. So I can see Miles Sanders having a better week. Um, okay. Not necessarily because of big playability, but more because of volume coming his way. No, he's going to have, he looked great last week. Um, one of the few guys on the Eagles offense who I thought looked pretty nice and that's as he was still working the rust off um, from coming right back from an injury but still got 95 yards and a touchdown and still you know three for 36 in the passing game they have to rely on him the Bengals were the worst running defense in the NFL in 2019 Uh, they have looked better this year but DJ Reader's already been banged up and you know the Browns did eventually get him with a big day from both Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. So I'm with you 100%. I think Miles Sanders, like we were talking about Dalvin Cook. Um, if I could flip Cook for Miles Sanders right now, I would do it instantly. And I'd, you know, I'd try to take advantage of the fact that Miles Sanders had to miss week one, that that offense has looked like an absolute 
you know, disaster um, and that Delvin Cook's projected ahead of him by most, you know, fantasy gurus coming into the week, I would definitely try to make a move on something like that. So um, with you 100%, we're all going to give a final under-the-radar start sit before we get into some questions. Um, and I'm, I'm focusing on guys that I won't be talking about on our Sunday morning show, The Tailgate. Tune in live and join us as we preview the entire NFL slate. But it's the Washington Redskins defense. Um, if you're Ooh. streaming defenses, I think these guys are going to get after uh, Baker Mayfield. Washington, uh, who? The, oh, did I? Oh, no. Oh, no. Did I say it? Oh. Um, no. Yeah, I, I said it. My bad. Uh, I think they're going to get after uh, Baker Mayfield. I think they're going to get after Cleveland's rookie left tackle, Jedrick Wills, who's played very well early in his career. Um, I think they're going to be able to force uh, a bit of an off-balance approach by the Browns because they'll be stifling the run game. And I think that'll force kind of, uh, you know, some dissension among the ranks in the Cleveland aerial attack. I, I think we could see an Odell tantrum. I think we could see Baker get beat up real good. Um, and yeah, I just like Washington to force a lot of turnovers and make this a close game and uh, be a sneaky good defense to start in fantasy this week. How far into the radar are we going here for these picks? Like very Uh, far? You decide. You decide. Up to you. All right. Uh, Have you ever heard of a guy named Quintez Cephas? Yeah, love that man. <laughs> yeah, well, wow. that's my that's my that's my pretty pretty under the radar pick for this week. I actually drafted him in our dynasty league with like the I don't know like three hundredth overall pick, and I'm pretty stoked on that. But um, yeah, I mentioned earlier that um, for Vegas odds this week on uh, the over under on points, Lions Cards has the uh, the highest. Uh, yeah, so we should there. mention it's he's gonna... a rookie wide receiver out of Wisconsin who plays for the Lions because of all the Lions, injuries yes. in the Lions. That's why he's kind of yep. a sneaky pick. So with no Kenny Galladay, and I think uh, Marvin Jones might be nursing something as well. I need to double-check on that. But I think that this is definitely one of those games where it's just going to be – like I don't know if you remember watching the game last year where they tied. Um, but a lot, a lot of wacky stuff happened in that game, and this is like a – you know, when we talk about like Jags, Dolphins, Jags, Titans, those sorts of matchups where just things happen and kind of things get weird. Um, this is one of those matchups. And these are two <clears throat> very like pass happy offenses that run a lot of plays very quickly. Yeah. And I think that we're going to see just a lot of fancy points in general coming out of this game. And I think if you're desperate, um, Quintus Cephas, uh, has a chance to do something special in this game. And maybe you don't necessarily want to start him if you're kind of a little like on the fence, but at the very least, I think he needs to be picked up, hold him on your bench, see what happens this week, watch him go off. And then you don't even have to sweat it next week during your waiver wire pickups. Yep. Cause you already got the guy on your bench. I would just say, don't prioritize him over Russell Gage, uh, Traquan Smith. Even Corey I mean, it's too late Davis. at this point if he didn't get one of those guys. Right. Uh, Traquan Smith, I would, I would personally put him over Traquan Smith. Smith is, is more of a up in the air. Uh, you're probably I'm, right. I'm nervous about how Drew Brees is looking. I mean, get the, the guy's a Hall of Famer, but I trust Matt Stafford's arm 
more than Drew Brees' arm at this point in terms of fantasy production. Maybe Drew can make, you know, he can make the game-winning throw, but he's not going to be – this isn't 5,000-yard season Drew Brees anymore, whereas Matt Stafford has no other choice to just be airing the thing out all day long. So in terms of fantasy production, I trust Matt Stafford and his receivers uh, to return more points to me uh, in terms of my investment. Yeah, that one's a, a toss-up. Even Russell Gage, I don't think, has signed in all those leagues. Corey Davis, probably more so. But um, yeah, Traquan Smith, it's it's up in the air for sure. I'm with you on that. Yeah, Hank, who you got? Um, I'd say start Mike Davis, running back for the Panthers. Mm-hmm. And I know that again, it's tough because I don't know. I, I could give you sits for running backs all day. There are so many <laughs> matchups I don't like this week. And that's what makes it so hard, and that's why you have to go with a Mike Davis. You know, he's filling in for Christian McCaffrey, likely not the only one filling in for Christian McCaffrey, and he's going up against a really good Chargers defense. But he was pretty productive last week against the Buccaneers, and that's a front seven that will look as good as any. You know, most of the production did come in the passing game. (sighs) But, you know, a lot of us are in situations where you don't get guys who you just love to start. And so in terms of these depth guys who you have to kind of pick up on waivers uh, to fill in for whoever it may be. It could be Christian McCaffrey. I think that he's a pretty great option, especially because of the, the, the production I expect him to give you in the passing game um, in an offense that's built to pass the running backs. Okay. It's under the radar. There you go. It is under the radar. I do wonder how much Curtis Samuel becomes kind of the vice McCaffrey, but Mike Davis does seem more like more of the guy um, at this point. I just think that Christian McCaffrey is so special that I don't know if he's necessarily replaceable. I don't know if you can run that same offense without him. And I, I am somebody who picked up Mike Davis. I don't have nearly the confidence that you do. I know that there, it's so easy to sit here and be like, oh, yeah, sit this guy, this, sit this guy, sit this guy. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you're not starting anyone at that point. Um. But, boy, Mike Davis, as much as I want to be hyped about him, the rest of that team makes me nervous for uh, which way the game script could uh, favor him and whether or not he actually fits into the role that's being vacated by Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Um, do some sits now? No. Nope. That's the end oh. of that segment. We're doing questions. Oh, okay. Yep. We're moving along. <laughs> Uh, we're not we're not spoiling too much tailgate content, Hank. Sorry, buddy. Okay. Bangkok Bronco asks, "Hey, gents, thanks for the great fantasy football podcast. I've dabbled with fantasy before, but this is the first year where I'm actually taking it a bit more seriously, and I've been trying to follow some of your advice. I was hoping you could have a quick look at my current team and let me know if there's any big mistakes that you would change. I'm just playing in the standard ten-team PPR league." through the NFL fantasy app. So he's got Minshew as his quarterback, Chubb and Devin Singletary as his two running backs, T.Y. Hilton and Cooper Cup as his two wideouts, Travis Kelsey as his tight end, Daryl Henderson as his flex, Jason Myers as his kicker, and the Bucks defense as his defense. Bench, he has Jared Goff, Phil Lindsay, Randall Cobb, Stefan Diggs, K.J. Hamler, Dallas Goddard. I also have Christian McCaffrey, but I accidentally put him into a reserve spot. I'm hoping this is similar to real-life IR, where I can bring him back at some point. But like I said, I'm a bit of a novice, so I really have no idea if I'll be able to. Minshew, Henderson, Cobb, and Hamler were all picked up after week two. 
I work strange hours right now. So by the time I hear the next pod, I'll be locked into the Minshew choice. But is there anything you'd change? Thanks, guys. Okay. I'm pretty I excited think, about that Minshew pig, man. I, I'm a oh, guy yeah. that's sitting here without a Minshew on any of my teams, and I wish I had him. I also like the defense that he's streaming this week. Um, yep, we'll obviously be going over this uh, on our Sunday show. They're good, and Broncos, I don't know if you've heard, they got <laughs> a couple two-tree injuries, and uh, things are looking dicey for them. So I think those are set up for success right there. After that, uh, so here's the thing. Devin Singletary, not excited about that. No, I think I would flip Henderson in the RB2 spot because, as we said, we're not very high on acres in La La Land right now. Yep. I think Henderson's running away with that RB1 job. So to have, you know, Chubb and uh, Henderson as your two running backs, you could do a lot worse. I think in the slot... I would put Stefan Diggs, right? Or would you take Diggs? Would you put Diggs in for T.Y. Hilton and put Dallas Goddard or K.J. Hamler in the flex spot? Uh, I, I, is, I know is Diggs going to be seeing Jalen Ramsey this week? Ooh. I'm not sure I, how they line up. You know, not really. That's what we were thinking week one with Amari Cooper. But he ended up being moved around. He ended up kind of sticking to one side, and he he played Gallup more than he did Cooper. So Ramsey didn't seem to matter as much. So I don't think he'll matter that. I mean, you're right. That digs, that does factor into it. And Hilton has kind of an easier matchup, right? Because the Colts... Yeah, they're playing the Jets. The Colts are playing the Jets. But I see that being a run-heavy game. I do too. I just don't love Hilton with uh what's his name with Philip Rivers. And but the you know the Eagles I think do need to rely on Goddard. So I might really oh, yeah. go Minshew at quarterback, Chubb as your RB1, Daryl Henderson as your RB2, Diggs as your wide receiver one, Cooper as your wide receiver um, Cooper Cup as your wide receiver two, Kelsey as your tight end and your your flex Dallas Goddard. And Hamler, yeah, I mean, Hamler, I'd consider too. Like yeah. Hamler's a legit player, man. He played really well with Driscoll in at quarterback as well. So, but he did. I, I think I think Goddard's a little safer. You know, I, I will say that you have to start Stephon Diggs at this point. You know, Josh Allen is so hot yeah. right now. Yeah. Well, what is it like? Three hundred and fifteen yards week one, and then like over four hundred week two. He's leading the a, league in passing yards. I believe it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that. That is the one lock for sure, and I pretty much agree with everything you said. Um, Hamler, like you said, more upside. Goddard, probably the more consistent option. Um, so I'd lean Goddard until you see Hamler actually have a big fantasy day. It just yeah. blew my mind with that uh, Josh Allen set there. I had no idea. Insane, right? I would, I would have bet, like, I don't know. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, I was going to say, is the first Russell, one that comes to Russell mind. Wilson, Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cam, I guess Cam's week one numbers went great. Yeah, yeah, no, I I would not have guessed. I would have guessed like Minshew or Ryan Tannehill before Josh Allen. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, thank you, Bangkok Bronco. Keep bringing those questions. Of course, we say this, and Devin Singletary will have a crappy game but still get like two (laughs) two cheapo touchdowns. 
in the red zone and um Bangkok Bronco will be cursing our name. So that was from the website where our subscribers can find our podcast posts and reach out and ask us questions. I'm going to take just a couple from the Discord, which is the DNVR Lounge, where uh, members, you know, get together and we have all sorts of channels, including a fantasy channel where members kind of ask each other, um, you know, fantasy advice and sometimes they extend it to us. Um, so we're going to tackle a couple of these fly by Singus two, one, two, two, one, one, two, uh, says Cygnus. that's rush dog. I'm not sure what you're saying right now. Um, <laughs> you, said you mispronounced it. Cygnus. Cygnus is Cygnus. Is that right? Go yes, it is. Okay. Now you got it. He is loaded at wide receiver and needs some help on who to start this week. Um, he's going with three of these guys. No, he needs two wideouts and a flex. So, Shark, who's out, definitely not yep. him. CD Lamb, Julio, who hasn't practiced. Jarvis Landry, LaVisca Chanel. Well, I think it was based on injuries that kind of just got made for him, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Pay I mean, attention to yeah. Julio. I mean, if he plays, I would probably start him. But uh, I would yes. have what's his name ready to go. Locked and so this is the question, though: guy. Is Chanel plays on tonight? Yeah, and so I think and you we, have to start. Him. We don't know about oh, Julio, yeah, so I would start. Yeah, I would start Visca at wide receiver today, so you have more flexibility in your flex start um, come Sunday, and then you'd start so Julio. Then, if Julio's healthy, if he's not, you're starting Jarvis Landry. He said Zach Moss is his running back, so not really an option there. Um, yeah, what was uh, yeah. what was before Jarvis Landry? CD Lamb. So you're taking CD over Dude, Jarvis. CD's been unbelievable. Yeah, I, I would. Do you so. do you have any qualms with that? I, I just no. think the the way they've performed, like oh, just on man. name value, it's it's a little hard to reconcile those things yeah. but cd uh i thought that i thought that he would be i don't know like i didn't i never doubted his talent necessarily i just thought that mm -hmm. um with the amount of weapons they have on that team that they would really be kind of uh slow playing his introduction into the league but now nah, they're unleashing it man yeah yeah um okay and final one is from nasir nasir you know, this is why uh, yeah. Henry's our pronunciation guy when we do podcasts. Start Keelan Cole or Mike Williams, replacement for Michael Thomas. So, man, and this is another hard one because Cole's playing tonight, right? Yeah. And yeah. Will Williams and Thomas have both been banged up, neither as a totally clean bill of health, but there is an outside shot. Um, Thomas could still start. Um, I think there's a better shot. Williams still starts. And it, if either of those guys are healthy, you're kind of kicking yourself for having started Cole, right? This is a really I good question. So. I think but, with the injuries, I think I start Cole. I'm oh, not super man. excited about <laughs> Keelan Cole. But, oh, my God, this is a really tough question because Justin Herbert, I mean, he came on in week two. So it's kind of a wild card. Like, you're not sure what you can get. Yeah. Uh, in week three and then on top of that you're not sure if Mike Williams ends up playing or if he plays at half speed or what but 
I probably yeah. recall just because of the safety and also because I have faith in Thursday night games getting me a, a better shot at more points because they're higher scoring. Man, that's I think so, too. so gutsy. <laughs> I it's really gutsy, like but I kind of feel like that's what you'll end up. It's gutsy either way you go, isn't it? No, I think... Either way you go is gutsy. Yeah, I, I think that might prove to be the right thing to do. This, to me, is even... It's Sorry, the less Henry. gutsy of the two choices. It's the safer pick, to be honest, but that's yeah. the way I would go. Mm. Through two weeks, Keelan Cole has 11 catches for 105 yards and two touchdowns. Like, that is just the most difficult amount of production, I think, to, to say, like, start or sit. You know, what is that? It's 50 yards a game. You're getting a touchdown, which you really can't trust to keep getting. Um, five catches. I, I think you have but to DJ go with Chark's it, out. If, But without Chark. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and it's Thursday, Thursday night football, game. like Guy was saying. Plus, I really think that Keelan Cole has looked good, too. And when it comes right. down to all Absolutely. this, like, are you willing to say Keelan Cole over those other two guys who I probably would trust more if you knew they were healthy? I like what I've seen. And I've watched all the Jaguars because of this gut. And I would definitely go that route. With the understanding that there's a decent chance I'm going to look really dumb in a couple days. No, it's just so. that it, the Chark injury really does split the difference there. Okay, yep. I lied. That wasn't the final question. We've got a great trade question. <laughs> that, that was a really good question, though. I like that this question. This podcast, frankly, might not survive. Yes! Um, let's Uncle go. Willie, this is our last episode? Uh, yes. <laughs> Uncle Willie asks. <laughs> it's a it's a, um, elite, it's a two QB league, so he's got a a super flex spot. He starts three wide receivers, but usually his, his flex is a two quarterback. Would you trade Mixon and Tyler Boyd for <laughs> Keenan Drake and LaVisca Chanel? Full PPR. <laughs> what? Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. And he says, no buff bias, please. Oh, oh my, my gosh. God. Okay, really specified really no one. bump bias, which makes it even tougher. How do we survive this? <laughs> this is a good oh. one, man. Because um, Mixon has arguably looked slightly better than Drake, but we uh-huh. like Drake better. There's no doubt about it. Boy, I like is him like, for moving sure. forward. I think what makes this really difficult for me yeah. is that Boyd and Mixon are on the same team. I know. And it's not and a team thing- I trust very much. It's not a team I trust, but it's a team that's looked better than I expected. And yeah. it's so young that I expect it to keep looking better. Yeah, that's a good point. Time, though, Kenyon Drake on an offense that through two weeks is looking as good, in my opinion, as any – can I say this? Yeah, I'd say about as good as any other offense out there. Sure. And he's the running back. Yeah, man. He, is the he came around. Guy in that backfield. Uh, but I don't know. And I think just two the fact in. that this guy hasn't put up the points – but yes. there's so much upside oh, there. Oh. Much upside. I have oh. I have Kenyon slightly ahead of Joe Mixon, but I have Tyler Boyd decently ahead of Lavisca. Yes. That's and that's the difference. It, it's so yes. hard for me to have two guys on the same offense unless they're like right. that good or that offense right. is that good. Right. Right. But in a vacuum, just all considerations aside, I think I would have to take Mixon Boyd, which is very hard yeah. to say. And yeah. honestly, it's, Boyd's been the dude who's got the most touches in that offense. He like, just fits into the role that Joe Burrow succeeded most with in college. You're and right. He's just in Jefferson. Yep. I mean, you you see what they drafted. Like, he's no, going to be good, and you see him improving, and you see him yep. not only as a good player, but as a leader of that mm-hmm. team, someone who is just taking the reins. And... 
once he starts developing that chemistry, I think that Tyler Boyd's really going to uh, – I think he's going to have a, a much better second half of the season than most people are anticipating. Um, and I – you know, I own him in one league, so I'm kind of uh, – I'm trying to will this into existence to a certain extent. But at the same time, I think that, you know, if you watch the games, uh, I think the evidence is there. Yeah, and, you know, A.J. Green's been rusty. T. Higgins hasn't been fully healthy. Boyd's really picking up the slack. And, yeah. yeah. Yep. As yep. much as I can't believe I'm saying this, I would take the Bengals. Yeah. And uh, Just ask for a sweetener, just, though. Like, that's a package I'm interested in. That's a package I'm interested in. I just need a sweetener. Like this, we're far from like, oh man, there's, we can't close that gap between Boyd and Visca right now. It's like, no, no, let's, let's figure this does out. He, Next couple hours. Mixon and Boyd? Yes. Yes. I believe he's on the I see. Mixon I would try, I would try to, I would try to switch out Tyler Boyd for someone else, just slightly lesser in value. Or get because, try to get something, an upgrade like at tight end or an upgrade at quarterback, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Well, you never I would like know. to get Lavisca and I, but I see I'm a guy that's I'm pretty high on Tyler Boyd right now, and I think I would I would like to keep him. And if I could get rid of someone else that I think is kind of on the outs, that's the direction I'd rather go. But yeah, go with that. It's a good you, baseline for a trade, and I think there's a lot of different ways you can go with what we're getting. Yeah, at. yeah, yeah. You're intrigued by that package you're getting in return. For <sighs> sure. Very much. It's so, just yes. so scary because I think that there's a real chance that. This Henry week is, is the week that this. Oh, trust me, I know. <laughs> but I think no. Like, there's this, a real you're right. Tonight is Visca's big breakout mm-hmm. after yep. two weeks where he's flashed so much and has proven that he is an integral part of that offense. And the ball yep. eventually is going to come his way. Uh, I, I it, this is just such a tough time for this conversation. On top of just not knowing which players i'd rather have no, no. you you need to get this done in the next couple hours you need to add a sweetener you need to figure something out to make this trade just a little more fair on your side and, and get this done because yeah. if we're being honest we like we are more intrigued by the drake visca side of this trade we just mm-hmm. can't in good faith give you the go-ahead without getting just just a little more value, just a little, because as Guy was saying, Tyler Boyd, man, I mean, we'll probably look back on this conversation and be like, yeah, uh, Burrow really emerged. They ended up throwing for like 4,400 yards in that offense, and Tyler Boyd was a top 15 wide receiver in PPR standard. Yeah, I don't want to jinx anything, and I don't want to speak it into existence, but I'm also, I wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat. <laughs> Uh, from a dream that Kenyon Drake has gotten injured and he started the season with a walking boot. And I just, with all the injuries this season, I think that he's at a slightly higher risk than a guy like Joe Mixon. Uh, Finally, we're I, handicapping risk and not just hot taking it up in this piece. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. I know. I'm learning, dude. I'm coming around. Yeah. At the end of the season, which offense is better, the Bengals or the Jaguars? Whoa! Oh, I, was like, <laughs> I, know, I thought he was going to say the cards. Ryan <laughs> oh, was about Jags. to break out. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got to stick with Bengals, man. But like, yeah, yeah. it's it's oh. a fair point to make. But dude, come on, Joe Mixon, 
Tyler Boyd. I still think that people are sleeping on AJ Green, and I'm buying right now on AJ Green. Man, he's. I, I think he's he's getting there. I think you can get him at a good price right now. The and real then, uh, separator for Joe me. Burrow's, I think Joe Burrow's legit, man. Is the O line? I think the Bengals have worked more on their O line. A guy like Jonah Williams, mm-hmm. former left tackle at Alabama for many years. Uh, you know, a rookie who who didn't play his rookie season, he's really paying dividends. And I think, in general, they'll uh, they'll have a better time. But it's a fun conversation to have for sure. Yeah, no, it is. It is it's yeah. a good question. All right, no, those were great. Love that we were able to tap into the Discord and answer those. And uh, thank you to Bangkok Bronco for reaching out to us and all that, fellas. I'm glad we were able to do this on a Thursday. Well, yeah, I feel uh, Hank because he's so much better than us. Uh, he's got an important call to make and a conference to be at, and we're just, right. you know, oh. we're his underlings right now that have nothing better to do than talk fantasy football. So he's got to get here, out here. here. The Pac-12 here, might here. be back with the caveat that the Buffalo well, allowed to practice in Boulder for two weeks. But uh, you know, <sighs> okay. I guess we'll find out in the next hour or so. Yeah. All right. That's enough yep. breaking news for this podcast. Later, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye.